This episode of The Thinker's Manifesto is brought to you by The Thinker's Workshop, an educational library and online community that will help you become a better thinker. Learn more at thinkers-workshop.com. That's thinkers-workshop.com. On a remote island, an epic battle was being waged. Villagers, whose homes were destroyed and children taken, are setting siege to the castle of their enemy. Standing before the walls of the castle, the villagers are frustrated. Every attempt to breach the walls of the castle leads to failure. Finally, they develop a plan. They decide to propel themselves over the wall using a slingshot. If this sounds familiar, then you probably have children. It is a storyline from the movie Angry Birds, a box office success that grossed over $352 million worldwide. But Angry Birds didn't start as a movie concept. It was actually a sideline gaming project for a struggling Finnish-based company called Rovio. In 2009, Rovio was in dire straits. What started as a promising game company in 2003 was struggling to pay its bills. It had created 51 games, with a few successes, but nothing substantial. But their 52nd game would prove different than the rest. It started as a hobby by a few of the developers, but eventually morphed into a small production project. It was originally designed to be played on an iPhone, with angry birds trying to retrieve their eggs from green pigs. The birds would fling themselves through the air using a slingshot to knock the pigs off their pedestals. The game was addicted to play, but it was not an immediate success in the U.S. and U.K. when it launched in December 2009, so the founders focused on launching their game on the Apple app stores and other countries, like Sweden, Denmark, Greece, the Czech Republic, and even their home country of Finland. This decision was pivotal. It allowed them to build a following in less competitive markets, where they could hit number one in the app store for those countries and build market momentum. And by February 2010, their efforts paid off. The game was featured in the UK App Store, and over three days rose from number 600 in the game category to number one. By April 2010, Angry Birds would become the number one paid game in the US. Eventually, Rovio would become a public company and reach a billion dollar valuation by 2017. Not a bad journey for a bunch of angry birds. But what if Rovio had not changed their approach after launching? What if they were content to just have it languish in the US and UK app stores instead of pivoting their efforts? Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto, a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. It's a term that a lot of startup companies know well. 
A pivot is a shift in business strategy that involves changing a company's products or business model based on feedback from the market. A lot of companies have conducted a successful pivot. Odeo was a podcasting platform that pivoted to become Twitter. The social fundraising site called The Point pivoted to become Groupon. And a check-in app with gaming elements called Bourbon eventually pivoted to become Instagram. But not all pivots require changing a product. Sometimes it requires you change your approach to a market. Episode 12, Pivoting to Meet the Right Customers. In the book, Crossing the Chasm, Jeffrey Moore explores the way that technology products are adopted by different groups of people at different stages of the adoption life cycle. What he discovered in his research is there is a chasm of expectations between the early adopters of a product and the early majority of users. And because of this difference, he recommends that companies focus on the needs of one group at a time in their approach to the market. This makes sense. Early adopters enjoy buying new products and will be more accepting of the higher cost and lack of complete functionality. Conversely, late adopters, what Moore calls the early and late majority, want products that are well-established and represent less risk. Hence, the marketing message that would appeal to early adopters is vastly different than the message to later adopters. Crossing the Chasm has sold more than 300,000 copies worldwide and is still considered, quote, the Bible of entrepreneurial marketing for technology startups. But I think Moore's observations transcend just tech startups. Most products go through some form of the adoption life cycle that Moore outlines. Most companies starting out will need to focus on one specific group of early adopters and then pivot their messaging to appeal to an entirely new group of customers. In other words, a pivot is not limited to changing a company's products or business model. A pivot can also indicate what a company must do to attract the right customers for its products. And while changing a company's product line is difficult and risky, pivoting a market approach is not as hard, but it does require a lot of work, something Jared and I would soon discover. When we launched our first product in October 2019, Jared and I didn't really know whom our customers would be. Yes, we knew the general market size of people that could be interested in our product, but not the specifics of who they are. It's one thing to have demographic data, young or old, man or woman, but that was not enough. Who were the people that identified themselves as thinkers? To us, a thinker is an individual that actively seeks out tools and educational resources to help them on their journey towards doing more with their idea. Who were these people? You see, most companies sell you a product and then spend a ton of time and money researching the psychographic characteristics of their customer base. But this question of who is a thinker was crucial. As Moore points out in Crossing the Chasm, the first customers are visionaries and early adopters with goals and objectives that are very different from other people that purchase later in the product life cycle. Our problem is that we didn't know who they were. What do they do for a living? How do they define themselves? What attracted them to the product to begin with? Sure, we could send out surveys, and we do, but that doesn't provide the deep understanding of the motivations behind a customer's action. And we needed this insight 
if we were going to evolve our products to better meet their needs. Lucky for us, we have the Thinker's Workshop. As we recounted in the prior episode, after our failed Kickstarter launch, Jared and I went to work refining our notebook and creating a new online community and educational library called the Thinker's Workshop. We bundled the workshop membership with our notebook so buyers of the notebook had immediate access. And the plan worked. People would buy our notebook, download and use our app, and also join our community, where they would review our video courses, participate in our virtual happy hours and webinars, and even share their thinker's journey. Over time, Jared and I got to spend time online with some of them. People like Adrian, Rob, Anne, Dan, Kathy, Steve, and John, among others. And what we found astonished us. There are some serious note-takers out in the market. People that have spent years working to improve their cognitive skills by writing with pen and paper, or who built complex mind maps using technology. These are people who read constantly and work diligently to improve their intellectual skills so they can make better decisions and achieve better outcomes. They consumed our video library of educational material. They contributed stories and articles on thinking. They used our notebook and app to help them capture and share their ideas. But more importantly, they did not fit any one type of demographic characteristic. What they had in common was a passion for using education and tools to help them think better. We had found our visionaries and early adopters. We asked them questions and they shared their insights. We tested ideas and they gave us their feedback. Basically, we had found a way to connect with people who found value in our products and believed in our brand. And this connection continues today. We are doing more online events and interviews with thought leaders. We are working to introduce quizzes and other interactive content. We are writing original articles that are only available to the community. And yes, it is a lot of work and consumes a lot of our time. So why do we do it? Especially since we are giving membership away for free to people that purchase our notebook. Because for our company to be successful, we have to be more than just a one-time product experience. Becoming a better thinker is a journey, and no one notebook or app has all the answers. Sure, they are important tools to assist on the journey, but what matters more, especially for a company like ours that is trying to build a long-term relationship with its customers, is the community of thinkers we can bring together who are taking the same journey. Now, of course, we want people to buy our notebook and use our app. There is a clear economic reason behind our actions. But we started this company as an idea. An idea that is bigger than just a product. An idea to help others become something more than what they could become on their own. An idea that needs a community for fellow travelers along that journey. Building an online community is hard and requires a lot of patience and persistence, often with little to no financial reward. But the role it can play in the evolution of an idea and in bringing people together around that idea is important. As your idea evolves, you will have to pivot your messaging to different audiences. And the insights you learn from having a community of people that want to be a part of your idea is invaluable makes it a lot easier to know what people want from your idea when you take the time to get to know them. 
in the next episode of Thinker's Manifesto, we share with you the surprising twist we encountered. Hiring good people is never easy, but getting talented people to buy into an ambitious idea, that proved a lot more difficult until we found one thing. I hope you will listen in.